The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. You are flying high on a new show that we are going to call Off Topic Tuesday. I am your host, Michael Kiss. For this show, we're going to have a rotating flow of... It's going to be a fluid situation here on Off Topic Tuesday. This is kind of our day off. It's a day off for the uh, the NFL teams, for the Philadelphia Eagles. So we're going to treat it like a day off as well. And here to celebrate uh, the best thing to happen to Tuesday since tacos is Brandon Lee Gowton. Brandon, how you doing, brother? That is very high praise, Mike. I don't think I deserve that, but uh, I will take it. And I am looking forward to this show. I think it'll be fun to mix it up a little bit, get into some non-Eagle stuff in addition to, you know, like obviously if there's some kind of big Eagles news that drops on a Monday night or a Tuesday morning, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But, you know, fun to get into some other things as well. You have your finger on the pulse of the Eagles. You're a robot when it comes to dropping content on Bleeding Green Nation com is there any pertinent eagles news that we need to discuss or we going straight off topic what's what's the deal here well i think we got to talk about the doug peterson thing a little bit of him just completely uh ripping the jacksonville jaguars coaching staff for being conservative in the afc championship game and it's really funny that that moment was included in his new book titled fearless because i remember thinking that after that game this is the exact opposite of what we saw in the in the afc championship game where you saw doug peterson go for it late in the first half and some people were like no what are you doing and he was like, no, I'm going to get points anytime I can. So that's just another example to me why Doug is the best. And there was another quote I saw from that book uh, that uh, it was included in Jeff McLean's piece for the Inquirer this morning that Doug Peterson said something to the effect of, I looked at him and thought, I'm going to kick your tail, definitely going to kick your tail. And he was talking about his pregame meeting with Bill Belichick there. So I just, I love cocky Doug. That's amazing. And yeah, that, that, that quote about the Jaguars, man, I remember that play at halftime where they knelt and I was like, they've just, they have no confidence in themselves to, to actually pull this off like a competent team. Like they're so thankful just to be in this situation that it's going to cost them. And what Doug said was, 
let's see here. Where's the quote here? He said, I was I was there thinking, you've got to be kidding me right now. It made me mad because Jacksonville had New England right where they wanted them. I was screaming at the TV in my office when they knelt right before halftime inside. I was like, I'll never do that. And I totally believe that uh, that he never would because, I mean, he came out against the Minnesota Vikings towards the end of the, the first half and was very, very aggressive in that situation. And I love that mentality that Doug has in just about everything he does. It's it's amazing. It, it totally changes for me. The confidence that I have in Doug, and this is actually like what we're going to do for the for this show, we're basically just going to bounce questions off each other. We haven't scripted any of this. We don't know any of the questions that we're throwing at each other, but I'm going to transition right into one of my first ones. When I was growing up and I was watching the Andy Reid Philadelphia Eagles there was always this snaking suspicion in the back of my head, and even leading up to this year too, of what is going to go wrong next. Everything is going fine just now. Everything is good. When are we flying off the rails? When is this whole thing just falling apart for literally no reason, it seemed, during the Andy Reid era? And I don't know how you feel about Andy Reid, but has Doug Peterson changed the way that you experience football games just from, I want to say, like maybe an anxiety standpoint? <laughs> I think uh, it's definitely a contrast with Andy. I think with Andy, uh, and the, the context here for me is that, you know, I feel like I was born into, or, you know, I was, I grew up into Andy Reid being the head coach. Like he was right. the head coach of the Eagles when I became an Eagles fan. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't know the Eagles before him. So, kind of felt like he kind of just got stuck with that guy in some ways. Like he wasn't necessarily your guy because he was just there. But with Andy, I think part of the problem and kind of what we're talking about here is you you were waiting, you were waiting for that mistake. You were thinking that coaching could be a detriment at some point. I think Andy, you know, you would feel good about maybe like the game plan that he would put together in place. You knew the team was going to be prepared for the most part to play, but you, you knew there could be this, this in-game coaching situation. Everyone always talks about clock management, of course, with him where he, we just felt like he's not going to get it right. And with Doug, it's been a lot of the opposite. Like you, you feel good about the Eagles. And one reason I am legitimately so excited to watch them again this year is because I can't wait to see what Doug Peterson has up his sleeve. I can't wait to, can't wait to see what new things he's going to break out. You have Darren Sproles back. You have Dallas Goddard in the mix. I can't wait to see how he's going to scheme things up, how he's going to continue to be aggressive. And I think one of the funny things about last year is they didn't really like run a lot of trick plays. I mean, obviously, you know, you saw the Philly special in the playoffs. You saw the flea flicker in the playoffs. But I think they were so good in the regular season, they didn't feel like they needed to break some of that stuff out. I'm still waiting for the Doug Peterson onside kick. I can't wait for that. Like, they're just going to bust that out at some time. Like, there's still stuff for him left to do in terms of being aggressive. And I think that's why part of why, you know, last year's team is so fun to watch and why this team should be fun moving forward is because they have a coach who wants to win. He's yeah. not going to coach scared. I love that. Like you can feel good about that when your coach is that way, because you're never going to go down knowing that, man, we didn't do everything we could to win. And if you look at one of the games from last year that was kind of out of character for Doug, it was that Seattle game, which they lost and they weren't as aggressive. And that was frustrating. I didn't, and I felt not good after that game because not because I thought the season was over, but because I just, it was uncharacteristic of Doug. So anytime he's not aggressive, I'm not on board with it, but anytime he is, I love it. And that's an interesting transition for me. I get to plug something. I'm going to be talking with Frank Frigo from the uh, from Edge Analytics, which was the analytics company that only the Eagles hired last year, and they go off something called game winning chance. 
And what I heard from him on a previous podcast on Wharton Moneyball was that onside kicks was somewhere where teams are leaking game-winning chance. So that's a very good point that you bring up because that's one area, a surprise onside kick. And I know with the new rules, it's kind of it's kind of different now and it might be a little bit – the success rates might not be as high. But I think it's something that Doug Peterson might try his hand in to be even more aggressive and find more ways to eke out better percentages as far as game-winning chances go. Okay, so first official question that I actually had before the show and then we'll rotate from here. Uh, let's get into the sad stuff, right? So we have already done the, the good stuff with Doug Peterson, winning the Super Bowl, all that. I want to be a total wet blanket on this Tuesday. The worst of all days, by the way. I hate Tuesday. Other than tacos and talking with you right now, Tuesdays are by far the worst day in the week. And we could talk about that in a little bit. But what's the most heartbreaking moment for you as an Eagles fan that you can remember? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's like asking, you know, uh, there's just so many, right? <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, it feels like they don't exist anymore. Right. Like that's the thing. Like, like the Super Bowl released. It's like in Lord of the Rings. Where did you see Lord of the Rings, Mike? Are you a Lord of the Rings guy at all? Am I? Am I going too deep here? I I, I saw it. I, I saw I'm it. I know. I, I tried. <laughs> okay, Return of the King, the third episode where Aragon, you know, gets all the 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 ghost people. They're not, they can't rest. They're just ghosts. They're like lingering in the world because they were kind of cursed ah. and they could only be set free if they fulfilled the promise to the new king of Gondor. So, so Aragon has them. I know this is getting super nerdy right away, but it. he has them and he uses them to, spoiler alert, kill all the orcs at uh, Minas Tirith. And afterwards, they're like, release us. And he released them from their, you know, from their uh, torment. And now they're not ghosts anymore and they can kind of go on to the afterlife or whatever. So that's kind of it feels like the Super Bowl. It was like we were just kind of lingering here. I think back to the end of the, the McNabb era, which was just like I remember the, watching those two Cowboys losses right in a row. And it was just it felt so pointless. And the Andy Reid era just turning into awfulness, I think. Do you remember the banner with Andy Reid? Do you remember the banner they had in the stands? That said, quit Andy, your team has. And it was a gigantic banner spanning like 15 to 20 people. I guess, yeah. There was that one and there was the other one was like times to go. <laughs> Which people thought didn't make sense. It made sense because it was a joke on times yours. It was like time. It wasn't times yours. It was times to go. It's, it's still kind of silly, but. I love it. Uh, what about you, Kiss? What are, What is your most heartbreaking moment? I feel like I can't find a defining one. Yeah, I think it would be the closing down of the bet. Ronde, Ronde Barber. Okay. I think I was yeah. uh, old enough to understand and then also feel the uh, feel the, feel the pain of the franchise just enough. I was born in 84, so I've been through some stuff with the Eagles, and I feel like that was like the culmination of, of, of all that. That was the moment that was like, I'll never trust anything again. I'll never trust anything when, <laughs> when Ronde trust Barber. trust anything or anyone. Yeah. Never love anyone. I think it was after... <laughs> I think it was after that game. I remember, uh, I think it was Angelo Cataldi. He had said it was just so quiet after everyone was walking out of that game. And someone said something to the effect of, like, we're cursed or something, or, or nothing good is ever going to happen here. It was just, like, so soul-crushing. Like, it was just dead quiet, and one person said that. And now it's not true anymore. Yeah. It's not true because the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And all those bad moments, like, that's the thing, I, you know, there was some talk, I think we did like an SB Nation theme week 
uh, earlier this offseason that was kind of like, what's the one thing you would change in Eagles history? And honestly, I wouldn't change anything. Like, I would not change a single thing. The only thing, the thing I picked to change was Ronald Darby picking off Tom Brady at the end of the Super Bowl, because I think that would be a, a better ending mm. than the Hail Mary, because that was so anticlimactic. I think it would be really fun to see Ronald Darby just pick him off and take it to the house and just, like, dunk on the Patriots at that point. But, like, that's so silly. Like, it just didn't matter. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I would change, a meaningless play. I, I, I actually like, um, so I was watching that play the other day. I, I like Brandon Graham coming down with the sack. I thought that would have been sweet because he almost oh my got a God. piece of <laughs> How did he not get him down? Like, you yeah. can, if you rewatch that play and there's a certain view too, like from the field angle, it's just like, how did he not tackle him? Yeah. It's, it's oh incredible. God. But you know what? I can finally go and I haven't watched that NFC championship game since it happened. I've watched the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Eagles, uh, over again. I have not watched that yeah. NFC Championship game where Rondi Barber uh, hit, hit the pick six. Uh, maybe I'll have to go back and watch that because, like you said, we're kind of free now. We can kind of do that stuff yeah. and, and look back exactly. at it with fresh eyes. It's, it's awesome. Brandon, all right. Going a little off uh, the Eagles here since since we did some nice Eagles talk. This isn't the whole question, but how much college football do you watch? See, it's weird because I just – I'm not like a – I like college football to an extent. I don't never watch it, but I don't – I don't have a team, I feel like, which hurts me. And I feel like I can't just pick one. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I have to be invested in one to really care. And I just, I don't know. I have a friend who watches Michigan State, so I kind of watch it with him sometimes. I'll watch some of his games. I want Temple to do well, obviously, when they're doing well. Do you have, like, a certain style of play that you like? Because I, I grew up learning flexbone offense, and that's, like, mm-hmm. that's porn to me is watching flexbone offense of georgia tech and the naval you know the the academy the service academies and all that i love watching that do you do you have a certain style that you've liked over the years whether it be like an urban meyer style maybe that's um not a great example to use right now with what what's going on but (laughs) right right yeah not not so big on that style um (laughs) there used to be there used to be a guy uh, at Oregon named Chip Kelly, who was pretty fun to watch for a little bit there. And I don't know what happened to him, but uh, didn't, you know, I think he's at UCLA now or something like that. Yeah, uh, that was fun. But the thing with me in, in college football, too, is, you know, BGN is so consuming. It's it's literally it's three. It's tw- well, it's not literally 24 seven, 365, but it feels that way sometimes. And and, you know, during football season, Saturday is really the only day there isn't anything happening yeah. like in the NFL schedule other than, you know, like a Tuesday here. But uh, and it's the day before the game day. So I'm kind of trying not to get too burnout. But so I would say kind of more of a, you know, relaxed pace watching college football on Saturday. Yeah. No, I can totally understand. What about that. you? Um, yeah. I mean, my, my favorite teams are Penn State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame was just a team that when I was younger, again, I was born in 84, they were the only nationalized, you know, national team that you could watch every week. And uh, because of that, mm-hmm. my dad became a fan of them uh, as well. Uh, so Notre Dame, Penn State is who I like to watch. But for, for me, um, if, if we're not talking like Mike Leach air it out with the with the air raid type stuff, who Mike Leach is like my favorite person of all time. But well, we know we all know that from listening to the Kiss and Soul lecture. That's correct. <laughs> that's correct. I have an, uh, an obsession with Mike Leach. But yeah, Flexbone, Flexbone offense like Paul, Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech. Um, when he had like Josh Nesbitt and uh, Jonathan Dwyer, the old uh, Steelers running back, like that's like peak football for me. I don't know if it, <laughs> offenses like that. Like I like op- like wide open offensive attacks and uh, attacks in the NFL. 
Um, I love old school single wing wishbone Maryland eye type stuff in uh, in college football. It's such a throwback, and uh, it it gives me it gives me great joy. All right, Brandon, hit me with one. What you got for me? Well, first of all, did you watch Penn? So you're you are a Penn State fan. Did you watch them a lot during the Christian Hackenberg era? Yes, I did, and um, yeah, I I remember liking Hackenberg the first year he was out and then like watching right. him like slowly his technique and his footwork and everything just get decimated over the next couple of years and it never looked like he worked at it hard enough to fix it yeah I could not like I, I kind of tried to watch Penn State casually into them rooting for them and then I think Christian Hackenberg just killed it I was just like no I get, <laughs> what am I doing with myself like this is so hard to watch it's so painful yeah so Mike I know you are an enjoyer of beverages as we saw from when you were at the Super Bowl party and you uh you know you had the champagne and you kind of spilled it out of your mouth there um not a highlight moment for you don't don't you do that man that that is my that's the clone that got away that's the clone and chris marigos is the clone that got away oh my god yeah see that's why you have to that's why you can't keep him around yeah then he's gonna make you look bad and just in front of everyone but for real though what is what is your beverage or beverages of choice since i know you are a connoisseur yeah uh i'm a i'm a vodka drinker so anything okay. anything with vodka and i like uh just just for the house if i'm if i'm being cheap i'll get svedka if i'm feeling fancy on a friday i'll get some i'll get some titos cuz i love titos uh, mixers are all over the place i'm raising three boys right and and they're all spread out over all different ages so i've got teeny tiny baby augustus he just turned 1 um i've got my stepson who's basically adopted for all intents and purposes who is 10 and then i've got my eldest son who is 13 so we've got anywhere from sodas for the boy uh, or, or Gatorades. We've got Capri Suns for the stepson. We've got apple juice to kind of loosen up little baby Augustus. Whatever is in the house that I can get my hands on, I will squeeze a Capri Sun into a glass if I'm like out of like ginger ale or like any kind of proper mixers. So vodka and literally anything is pretty much my drink of choice and I and I drink it quite often. What's what's your favorite drink? I'm pretty, you know, I'm 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 not the hardest person to please in many ways. As you can tell, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm more of a beer guy in general. I wouldn't say I don't drink super frequently, more of maybe a social drinker, if you will. I uh I sometimes I like really cheap beer. Like I like see it's funny cuz we used to do these Bud Light podcasts and so we were getting Bud Lights all the time like for them, you know, like to promote it and I was just like I guess I like Bud Light now because <laughs> I was just having them so much and it's like it's cheap and it's like why not? I like those. I like uh there's this really good place in Yardley, Pennsylvania called The Vault. Um they have it's a microbrewery. They make a sweet potato ale that is really good in the fall and so instead of like pumpkin uh, a, a pumpkin beer they 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 have something uh they were talking about how uh, the sweet potato actually like holds the flavor better than a pumpkin does typically so that's why they do that and it's it's really good not as much into liquor anymore just <laughs> <laughs> some bad experiences <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe some of those um kind of more of a, a beer and wine guy at this point uh, i like a white wine i'm not into red wine as much i'm a i'm a big white wine guy uh yeah some of the um some of the guys that i know from the scouting academy we chat like literally every day and one of them suggested for the show was having a contest where bleeding green nation listeners would be able to win like a certain prize or a signed jersey or or something like that if they were able to out drink me and i mean like some of these guys <laughs> have uh have met me and and partied with me down in mobile alabama i was there for the senior bowl last year so 
I gained a little bit of a reputation there. I'll put it that way as far as <laughs> what I can what I can put back. So I'm putting the challenge out there. If anybody wants to uh, wants to catch me outside or inside a bar, then uh, then we'll go at it. I might have to take you down, man. <laughs> you know, you're big enough. I, and I was thinking about this too. Exactly. Uh, Jason Kelsey, he was obviously drunk for the for the for this uh, speech at the parade, right? Yeah. Did anyone see him after the fact? Like, I, I, I imagine he's a guy like he might be the guy that can handle the most alcohol of anybody on that team, considering if he was day drinking that seriously and like yeah. was perfectly functional for like the rest of the night. That dude's a beast. Did anyone see him after? Or do you know what happened with him? Did he like fall asleep like next to a dumpster or or next to a toilet? That's a re- that's something I think I need to ask him next time yes. I see him. I think we need to because maybe. I mean, it would be so anticlimactic, right? If he just like went home, he's like, "Yeah, I just went home." <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's what happened. I think he probably, well, maybe he did because he was so tired. But maybe he just, uh, I like to envision that they were just like driving back or whatever, and he was just like just got out of the bus and just stopped in a bar or something and just like sat down and <laughs> and watched his his parade speech just on like you know when they were replaying it on TV in a bar just surrounded by people and just. Like recreated it for people and stuff, and just like yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, I think we would have seen it on social media, but I, I really do, I do like that. Um, one other thing I want to say about the drinks thing is, I think I am uniquely, uniquely qualified to order drinks that some would consider girly drinks, you know, or like a, like a chocolatini. Because look, I'm a really big guy, so whenever I want to get something like that, it's like. Yeah, I can just get that. What's someone gonna do? Like come over to me and like try to say like I'm like six foot nine, like two <laughs> two sixty five. Like someone's just gonna come over and try to like give me crap for doing that? I don't think so. <laughs> hey, what you drinking that pink drink for? Nah, no one's doing that to you, BLG. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I was thinking more like like I'm not a big like like fruity drink type guy. Although anything with mango in it, I am I am all in. And I heard Ben really enjoyed the uh, the the Rita's the mango there. So are you a big mango guy too, or do you have like a specific flavor that you're kind of looking for? Because pretty much anything that I get drink wise, whether it be alcoholic or non-alcoholic, if it's got if it's got mango, I'm 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 DTF. So I had this take a couple years ago when I when I first had mango water ice at Rita's, and I determined that mango the flavor to me is so much better than mango the fruit to me because I had mango the fruit, and I was like, no, I don't want. No, where's the flavor? Like, where where is it? I've been lied to. Like, what is this? This is not what I expected. Maybe it was just a bad mango. I don't know. But I just feel like the flavor is a lot better. I like, I wouldn't say that's my top flavor, although I do enjoy it when I've had it. I like, I like really sweet things. I, so I guess that goes into with the drink and that goes into me liking Swedish fish or like Sour Patch Kids Red is my favorite Rita's <laughs> water ice flavors or strawberry as my favorite Gatorade flavor. Kind of like those, some of those uh, Which sweeter. Which is great. Yeah red flavors yeah that's right you're a strawberry guy i forgot about that i use it as a mixer too it's delicious dude it's the truth it is a flavor that's not easy to find like you if you go to a like a 7-eleven or a wawa or anywhere you know that's gatorade uh usually it's you usually don't find it there especially if they only have like a couple of basic flavors like like uh, the red and the yellow and whatever but yeah it's tough to find but is definitely one of the winners one thing i gotta know we're talking about drinks i gotta know about your food takes man what is up with the I'm a, I'm a seafood junkie. What is up yeah. with the lobster is better than pizza take? Because it's actually quite <laughs> upsetting to me. Like, it's one of the first things I wanted to talk about when, when they were talking about bringing me on to BGN. I'm like, this is something that I have to ask Brandon because it might affect our working relationship and personal relationship. I'm just, I'm not like a, 
I would put it this way. I feel like I'm just a basic basically. <laughs> like I don't I'm not into steak as much. I'm not into seafood hugely. Everyone's like, What's wrong with you? And everyone's you know, it's funny because people are like, Oh yeah, I went to this steakhouse, it was awesome and I'm like, Yeah. I'm just I don't know, man. Like I'm not into I feel like part of it is I'm just lazy and I'm not into food that I have to like work at like start to yeah like i don't know just give me a burger i'm hungry i want to eat like i don't want to have to like pick at something uh and and then it's it's not just that because I, i've tried those things it's not that i haven't tried them like i've given them a fair shot um i just i don't know like I, i've had lobster it was fine like it was it wasn't bad but it just it wasn't something that i would really want and pizza is something i really want all the time like every moment of the day that i there's never a time i do not want pizza ever so there is always time where I don't want lobster, so that's kind of where that comes in for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I get you. Pizza is very a high floor food. I'll put it to you that way. Right. Like, there's rarely ever bad pizza that that I'm aware of, and like that stuff is like very easily identifiable because it's all corporate, identifiable because it's all corporate and whatnot. But okay, I got a question for you. Then I want you to hit me with one, and we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna we're gonna sounds good. Wrap up this off topic Tuesday, which has been uh, awesome. Getting to know you, bud. This is great. This is great. Yeah, man. What is your favorite football movie? Oh man, uh, I think it has to be Remember the Titans. I just remember nice. watching that in high school like multiple times. You know, Denzel and everything, and I think it has to be that one. I think it's I think it's Remember the Titans. I think it's kind of like a chalk pick, but I I think that's the one. It's disrespectful, in my opinion, to Willie Beeman on any given Sunday. That's 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 got to be mm. mine. It's so over the top and it's so amazing. For me, Willie Beeman is the best movie quarterback in the history of all time. And I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that they should he's put him He's your QB1? Yeah, he's my QB1, for sure. They they should put him on the movie Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. I mean, you take a job from a guy like Cap Rooney, who's an all-time great and you come in there and ball out, and it, it's he's he's amazing. He he changed the way that they viewed the game in that world. He was like their their Michael Vick basically, and like the Metrics commercials and and all that stuff uh, cracks me up. So uh, I any given Sunday is mine. Uh, Lawrence Taylor looking like a crazy person. Uh, Jim Brown yelling at people as a coach. It's it's all fantastic. I love that movie. Awesome man. Well, this was really fun. Um, definitely, if you're listening to this, we will try to get some mailbag questions, I feel like, involved in here. I know, you know, some podcasts out there want to say they invented the mailbag, but <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, the mailbag is here to stay with our podcast, too. Uh, a good counterpart to this podcast would be to to add the the mailbag component. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to doing more episodes with you, Mike, and everyone else. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I guess, I guess we'll, I guess, geez, it's so weird. This is a different show. Should I use my regular clothes or what should, what should I do? It's up to you, man. It's, it's all, it's off the cuff. It's, it's not, there's no rules here on off topic Tuesday. Yeah. You, can, you can do whatever you want. So we can be, feel free to be creative or I'm just going to kind of like, like wander off and just be like, all right, BLG and I'm, give reviews and stuff. Yeah. Do leave, that. leave reviews. Five, five stars. Love you guys. We all, we got.
Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.